Well, good evening, everyone. Yeah, how's everyone doing tonight? Yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. And I hope you guys all had a great time at Fall Retreat. Yeah, it was such a good time for, for me when I was there. But anyways, um, if you haven't met me already, my name is Amanda, and actually this is my first year on staff here at the Chi Alpha Group at Central Washington University. And actually, I was on staff with Chi Alpha at the University of Washington for the last three years. But before that, I did my internship here at Central as my husband, Joe, um, was a student here. Um, yeah, and if you guys want to wave to Joe, my husband, he's in the back. Yeah, it's been awesome being married to him. Been married for six years. And a little more about my personality, because I think it's just really good for you guys to know more about who's speaking up front. And um, here's a couple things about me. So I'm from a tiny town called Home, which is in Washington. And I was a literature major at Western Washington University. And I really love volleyball and reading. And I love painting and being creative. And I really love coffee and spending time with friends. And both Joe and I really love exploring new places. So like when we move to a new place, we just really enjoy like figuring out what is unique about that place and kind of exploring what there is there. And actually, I have a question for you guys. Have you ever learned a hobby from someone else? So actually, my husband Joe introduced me to hiking and doing things outdoors, which I really didn't do growing up. And I am so grateful he did because now hiking is probably one of my favorite hobbies if I could choose one. So today, I get to continue talking with you guys about our theme of being rooted. So we've already been learning this quarter from Michael and Nate and Cassidy and Tony about what it means to be rooted in God and in his word. And today, I'm going to talk to you guys about being rooted in the ministry of reconciliation. And that might, might sound kind of fancy, like the ministry of reconciliation, but don't worry. What it really means is that I'm going to talk to you guys about how God desires for us to show Jesus to others. I'm not sure about many of your guys' backgrounds, but maybe some of you here have grown up going to church their whole lives, and maybe some of you have known God from your childhood. And then maybe there's some of you who just started getting to know the Bible for the first time and just started believing in Jesus. And then maybe some of you were like me growing up and didn't know like really anything about the Bible and didn't know what you believed about God. So growing up, I didn't go to church, and I actually did not believe God existed. And I won't tell you my full story, though if you do want to know, I would love to share stories over coffee with you sometime. But I will say that I started going to church in high school after a friend named Taylor invited me to come to youth group and church with her. And as I continued going to church, I met some really amazing people like my youth pastor and his wife, and many people my own age who really loved God. And they loved and cared for me so much. Even when it seemed like my whole life was falling apart, they didn't care and they just really loved me. 
And truly, through their actions and words, they taught me about God. I learned for the first time in my life that there even was a God. And not just some God who made me and then left me alone. But I learned from them that Jesus wanted, wanted me to know him and wanted me to have a relationship with him. And after many months of people inviting me into their lives, sharing God with me, and me reading the Bible, I started to experience God for the first time. And I felt his presence, and I started to find out that God had a purpose for my life. And so after months of talking with God, I took up his offer. He said um, in Matthew 16, it says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. And after several months, I took up his offer and I gave my life to Christ. And it really has been the most amazing journey I have ever been on. And I do not regret following him. God has brought me so much joy, so much love, so much peace. And now I love telling people about how he has changed me from the inside out. It's been almost 10 years now that I've been following him, and it's, it's been so incredible. So how about you guys? Where are you at in your walk with God lately? So remember when I said that I was going to talk about being rooted in the ministry of reconciliation? Yeah, a couple of you guys remember. So I, I want to look at the Bible verses that that phrase actually comes from. I actually love this section of scripture because it was one of the first ones that I learned when I was at youth group. Um, And it's 2 Corinthians 5, and we're going to be reading verses 14 through 21. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles with me, and it's also going to be up on the screen too. All right, so the verses say, For Christ's love compels us, Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So how amazing are these verses? I highly recommend rereading these verses um, a few more times when you get home tonight or when you have God time in the morning. Because I really feel like God is trying to say a lot to us through this. And I, tonight I'm going to try to show you some of the things that I think God would want us to notice from this section of his word. 
So the first thing I, I think he would like us to see is that we are Christ's ambassadors, representatives of God on earth. So did you guys know that this is actually where Chi Alpha got its name from, is these verses? So it's right in verse 20 where it says, Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors. Chi Alpha actually stands for Christ's ambassadors. And I really feel like Chi Alpha is a super fitting name for this community and for us as individuals. Bless you. (laughs) Yeah, so to be an ambassador means that we represent who God is on this earth. And that is really a big task, isn't it? But when you call yourself a Christian or a Christ follower, that means everyone who knows that about you will be thinking, is this what Christians are like? Or is this what God is like? So when you are going about your day, how are you representing God? What characteristics would people think about Jesus when watching me? Isn't that a sobering thought? But it is true. Um, When I first went to church, I was watching people like a hawk. Like, I was wondering what what were they going to think and how were they going to treat me? Like, would they judge me? Would they hate me? Would they try to make me a project? But those people there, the people at my church, they showed through their actions that God cared for me and that he loved me. Sorry, my paper is sticky. (laughs) So um, this leads me to the second thing I feel like God would want us to see is that God gave us the ministry of reconciliation And he committed to us the message of reconciliation. So what is the ministry of reconciliation? If I were going to try to describe it, I, like, shortly, would be that it's kind of a job that God gave us. And I hesitate to say job because I don't want you guys to think that it's a chore. But truly, Jesus has asked us to share with people about the message of reconciliation. But what is that? Like, what even is reconciliation? It's not really a word that you hear very often. So the definition, if you, like, look it up in your phone, um, the definition says to restore friendly relations between. And some of the examples that they gave uh, were, like, her divorced parents reconciled. And so if I were to describe it in another term, it would be that it means to heal a broken relationship. So this message of reconciliation is all about how God desires to have a right relationship with him again, for all of us to have a right relationship with him. So he wants to be our father, and he wants us to be his sons and daughters. He desires a close relationship with us, even though oftentimes we don't want anything to do with him. I know I didn't want anything to do with God before until I learned how amazing he was and how much he actually loved me. Then I became reconciled to him. 
So do you guys remember when I said hiking was one of my favorite activities or hobbies? Yeah. Well, I want to tell you guys a story about going hiking recently. So a few weekends ago, Joe and I went for a hike up in the North Cascades. And we specifically were looking for a hike that had larches. So how many of you guys know what a larch tree is? There's a couple. Yeah, nice. Um, So larches are this really cool kind of tree. They're kind of rare-ish. They look like fir trees, so they have needles. But just like all the leafy trees here in the fall, they turn golden in in the fall time. So it's, it's really beautiful. They, I have a picture of them, actually, from the Enchantments, which is really close by. Yeah, they're super cool. Um, and I've always seen pictures of them or seen them from a distance. Um, just like if you went to fall retreat, there's actually a bunch of larches um, on the drive, but they're really like far up on the mountains. But I really wanted to see them like really close up and in person. Um, and normally, like this only happens in September and October, and the weather can kind of be unpredictable. And since they're pretty high up, um, that means like it's hard to get to them when hiking if the weather is weird. So it was a good weekend, and we found a hike that was supposed to have a lot of larches. So we made the trek all the way up there. It was, I think, a four-hour drive. But it was beautiful. And actually, I have a picture of right before we got to the trailhead. It's at the North Cascades. And this is just along the drive, which is super cool. But um, you can't really tell in the photo. It had started to snow at this point. So we got to the trailhead, and it wasn't sticking. So we were like, oh, this is good. And you kind of hike along in the forest for a while. And there's a lot of nice, like, pretty fall colors in the undergrowth, but the larches aren't until like near the top of the hike. So we're hiking along and it's nice and it's snowing and then all of a sudden the snow starts sticking. And so I have a picture of that too. So it's really pretty, um, but we also kind of had this feeling, it was like, oh man, we haven't gotten to the larches yet. We need to start hiking faster. Um, because we didn't really want to come back in the dark and in the snow. So um, we're going along in this beautiful, snowy place. And we see a few people, like, here and there. And then we also meet a really, really cute dog. And I wish I had a picture to show you of the real dog. I should have taken a picture, but I didn't. Um, And it looked like a husky, but it was mostly white, And this is actually the closest I could find of what she looked like. But she was so cute. Um, And also, my favorite thing about her was that her face was super expressive. Like, she looked super happy when we first saw her. Have you guys ever, like, met a dog that's, like, really expressive? Like, you can tell what it's thinking? Yeah. That's exactly what this dog was like. And anyways, we petted a little, and it went running down the trail. And so it's like going down, and we're going up the trail because we're trying to get to the larches. And so we see more trees and more snow. And then maybe about 10 to 15 minutes later, the dog comes running past us with no owner. 
And so at this point, I start getting a little worried and my mind starts like going. I'm trying to figure out things. So I'm like, wait, where is the owner? Was that woman we saw earlier its owner? I don't really know. Like how long has the dog been running up and down the trail? And then I start feeling a little uneasy. And then we run into a group of maybe eight-ish people and they ask us if the dog is ours and we're like, no. And then they get worried too. So we're like all worried about this dog. And so Joe and I are talking and we're trying to figure out like what to do. Like, do we hold the dog? Like, do we make a leash and do we hike with it? Like, do we try to make it stay in one spot? Is the owner up the trail or down the trail? Like, if we let it go, what if it gets stuck in the snow? What if the owner won't wait for the dog? So we just didn't really know what to do. And this group of eight people, uh, so they decide that they're going to try to take the dog down to the trailhead with them. And so we're like, okay, you guys go ahead, and we start hiking. But then like a minute later, the dog just runs right back to us. And by this time, the dog's super expressive face is really worried. It's like not happy anymore. And in fact, I don't think I've ever seen a dog so worried in my life. Like it looked so worried. And you could tell it knew it was lost. And it was like, I know, I know. (laughs) Well, so it was like looking at our faces and like trying to figure out if we were the owners and it was super sad. Yeah, I know. And so, but at the same time, like as this is happening, Joe and I still feel this intense pressure to keep hiking because like we came there to see the larches and we hadn't even seen them yet. Um, And we wanted to get to the top, but I realized I couldn't leave the dog. So I even went as far as to wondering if I should take the dog home with me because I didn't want it to get stuck in the snow. Like, I didn't want it to be out there. But anyway, so my mind is wrestling with all this. I tried to keep the dog occupied. I'm, like, petting it and, like, talking to her. And then a few minutes later, the group comes back, and they're shouting, the owner is calling her. And we were, like, so relieved. Um, So Joe and I, like, encouraged the dog to go down the trail, and it... It heard its owner's voice, and it just, like, went bounding, like, and it was, it was so happy to, like, see that it got back to its owner. And then we went on to go see the larches before heading back down the trail. So then I think I have one last picture of our larch trees. It was very snowy. But thinking back on it, especially the car ride home, I was so glad we at, le- we at least stopped the dog Because otherwise, who knows what would have happened? Like, if we hadn't stopped it, it probably would have kept going further up the trail, searching for its, in the snow for its owner by itself. So, strangely, this experience taught me a lot about what it means to follow Christ. Um, And the first thing I learned is that I cannot be so focused on my own wants that I can't see the needs of others. So I'm going to say that again. I cannot be so focused on my own wants 
that I can't see the needs of others. Because if Joe and I had just continued hiking to see the larches, and if everyone else on the trail had just, too, ignored the dog, that dog could still be lost in the woods today. And that relates directly to us. Your actions and your friendship with someone could be crucial to their lives. So I honestly needed a friend at the time that Taylor met me. But she could have just decided to hang out with someone easier than me, someone more similar to her. And then what about us? Like, Do we only spend our time with people we are comfortable with? Do you know someone who needs a friend, someone who needs Christ? And in what ways are you willing to sacrifice in order to meet other people's needs? What wants are you putting before the ministry of reconciliation and sharing Jesus with people? Because maybe there are people in your classes or at your job or in marching band or in clubs that you're in that are lost and need a friend. Because as 2 Corinthians says, Christ's love compels us. We must view people as God views them, not ignore them as we go about our own lives. And are, are we willing... Are we, are we living for ourselves, like just hiking along to get to what we want? Or are we living for God and for others? And then the second thing I learned from this dog hiking experience was our relationship with someone should not be the end goal. And here's what I mean by that. I learned that taking care of the dog was not my main responsibility, Because what if I went overboard and took this dog home with me? It would not have been the best ending to the story. Because sure, the dog would not be lost in the snow, but would the dog actually be happy? Would that be the best for the dog? Or what is best for the owner? Because I'm sure the owner would have been so upset to not have their dog back And the dog would not be fully happy being separate from its owner. And God has asked us to help him bring others back into relationship with him. And thinking back on my life, I would have been so upset if my friend was too worried about our own friendship to tell me about God. Knowing God is my purpose in life. God made us to be in relationship with him. And I can't imagine my life without God. He brings me joy and peace, and he really has loved me more than anyone else ever has. And when thinking back on what my life was like without God, it felt like my life was just blah. Like, it was full of bitterness and anger and confusion. But when I met God... When I first really started feeling his presence and actually reading the words he's given to us, it was like my my life turned from black and white to color. And I would have not had any of that without my friend inviting me to youth group. So what about you guys? Like, what would your life be like without God? 
Or if you don't know God yet, do you feel like you're missing something? Because I always felt like there was something missing before I met God. So one other thing that I learned from um, 2 Corinthians and want to share with you guys is we become a new creation when we believe in Christ. So if Taylor hadn't brought me to church, I would have never changed. And I really wanted to change. I felt hopeless, and I felt like my life was meaningless. Though I tried to fill it with like family and friends and achievement and fun, really anything, I knew that my life was empty. But I didn't know why. And I knew I didn't like who I was. I was selfish and self-centered, and I lashed out in people in anger. And I held grudges, I cursed, I told lies. And I didn't like what I was doing or being who I was, but I didn't know any other way to live. And I just lived like everyone else around me. Is there anyone here that has things that they want to change about their lives, about themselves? Have you tried for a long time to change and just haven't been able to? Because believe me, I really did try to change. But even though I tried, my heart didn't change, so I did the same things. But I have good news for you guys. Jesus can change hearts. And I believe there are many people on this campus and in this world that want to change and don't want to feel empty anymore. And guess what? You have the answer for them. So how many people do you think you have run into that don't know God? Some of those people that maybe you feel are impossible to tell about God, they might be feeling so empty right now, they are ready for something new, for something real. Will you ever know if you don't invite them to Chi Alpha or to CORE or even just talk to them about life in a real way? Because I can't tell you how grateful I am that my friend, that she was willing to invite me to church. I was not one who was willing to go, by the way. Um, I thought church was ridiculous. <laughs> I thought Christians were not to be trusted. But my friend loved me. And I could tell by how she included me in her life. And we spent all of our time together, and we had fun together, and she was just real. She was a true friend to me, caring about me more than any other friend had. But if she had only remained my friend and not told me about God, I would have missed out on so much. Yeah. So by telling me about Jesus, she has impacted my life for eternity. Who could you impact for eternity by helping them be reconciled to God. So worship team, if you would like to come up. Um, I have some application questions for you guys um, that I'm going to have up on the board. And I'll read them. So who does Jesus want me to invite to Chi Alpha or Core that I have been too afraid to invite and write their names down? Number two, how am I doing at being Christ's ambassador? 
What good things am I sharing about God because of my behavior? And what bad things am I sharing about God because of my behavior? And how am I going to change? Number four, how am I willing to love people? Am I willing to love people as Christ loves them? How can I include people who don't know God into my friend circle? And how can I be involved in their life? And the last thing, I would encourage you guys, just pray for God to show us how he desires us to change. So I'm going to close in prayer, and then we'll worship. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for bringing Taylor into my life. I thank you for her boldness to invite me um, just to come to youth group, even though she didn't know what I was going to say. And I thank you for showing me that you love me so much. And I just pray that as we go out today that we... We would have eyes to see the people who are lost and hurting on this campus and that we would be willing to be friends with them and willing to share who you are to them as well. I just thank you so much, Father. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.